Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Ellen Davidson and her special guest, Reverend Daniel McGintry. Love talking today about joy and living in a blessed life. Thank you, Gavin. We are in studio today here at the beautiful studio of The Bridge, Texas Christian Talk, 1120. And we're building bridges of love and leadership, and we've got a special program today. We're going to be talking about living with joy, the secret of happiness. And our scripture today is is uh, from Nehemiah 8:10, "The joy of the Lord is by strength." And Nehemiah sent the Hebrew children on a joy journey, and he told them, "Go home, prepare a feast, holiday food and drink, and share it with those who don't have anything." This day is holy to God. Don't feel bad. The joy of God is your strength. And we're going to do that today with a very special guest, Reverend Daniel Magenti. Daniel is a pastor of singles and college students at First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. He has a passion for young people, reaching them. And his background is in video production and newspaper production and, uh, and teaching, and he is committed to bringing the love and joy of Christ through all of these creative means. And he's married to Brooke, and they have two daughters. Welcome, Daniel. It is wonderful to have you with us today. Well, I am really excited to be here, too, Evelyn. Well, I know you're a professional in the media thing, so I've got to be on good ground today. Right? Oh, I'm not a professional. Uh, well, my, you know, I never apologize when I start anything because I don't have any control over it. But 
As you can tell, my voice is not good today, but we're going to make it. And, uh, you know, we live in a world that turns fast. It does. Daniel. It really does. There are 4.5 billion people in our world today that are without hope and without joy. And that's what we're going to talk about today, mm. joy. You and I are two of God's blessed best. When I stop and think about it, the fact that we live in a time like this. We really are. We really, really are. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little bit about your life as a child. And I want to talk about your ministry. How did you grow up? Well, you know, before I get to how we grew up, I love that reference you have in Nehemiah oh. chapter 8, verse 10, because it reminds me, God tells us, thou shalt party in my name. Ooh, right? I you like know, that it's just, You know, we forget that God says, celebrate, celebrate what I've done for you. Celebrate what I'm going to do for you and do this. Take care of those around you. And I just, we forget that. I just think it's so cool. So uh, as we think about that, I have, I have a lot to celebrate. Uh, way I grew up was very strange. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I think it's strange, but it it was normal to me. Uh-huh. And but others would probably find it pretty strange. My parents are missionaries in Japan, and they in still Japan? are in what, Japan. What year was that? Well, let's see. They went there. They left for a plane when I was about two years old. Oh, okay. And so I was two years old. They left from Cypress Bible Church, which was their commissioning church in Houston, Texas. Uh-huh. And they went with OMF, Overseas Missionary Fellowship, and I was potty trained on the airplane. <laughs> so, I love that one. Uh, and then when we finally got to Japan, we lived there for four years. We'd come back to Houston for another year for deputation and support and, mm-hmm. you know, go back for another four years. So every four years, we'd come back to Houston for furlough. And so I grew up overseas. And at that time, it was very normal. And sort of this is what you did as missionaries with your kids. You have kids, and when they become grade school level, you sent them to the missionary boarding school. And so I went to a missionary boarding school starting at age, before I was six years old, uh, which just blows people's minds to thinking, you, your parents sent you away to a boarding school. Well, that was our only option. That's what we had at the time. And that's what they did. Uh, homeschooling wasn't really an option. Um, it just it wasn't healthy in that sort of environments. Going to the Japanese schools wasn't fair either because you're bullied constantly. The only kid with blue eyes and blonde hair and a sea of, you know, <laughs> black hair and black eyes. I mean, you stand out and you're treated very poorly. Uh, it was a weird, strange form of racism mm-hmm. uh, just because you're a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of the environment I grew in. But even though I went to a boarding school, I was loved on. I was loved on by the boarding parents, by what we call aunties and uncles who served there and who taught us, and it was like a big family. It really felt like when you think of fellowship, various different people coming together, but all being family and looking after each other. And I remember there was this one lady, her name was Auntie Ione, and she was Canadian. Actually, she might have been Irish. I'm trying to remember now. It was so long ago. But she always would tell me, Daniel, and it, she always tells me after I got in trouble. <laughs> oh. You know, if I did something that was, was like, that really? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of a mischievous child, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, I got spanked for really weird things. Um, in fact, you know, I always say people, my parents couldn't afford Redland, so they gave me spankings instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so, but she would always tell me, Daniel, you're a treasure box. Mm. So you're a treasure and I always took that to heart because it made me feel like I had something to offer. I had something to offer other people and that God can use me 
for whatever in that I wanted to be used. I wanted to make myself available. And I remember becoming a Christian when I was five years old. My mother told me the story about Jesus dying on the cross. Isn't that there was this old storybook, uh, children's storybook. They had all these different stories and, and they're really colorful. And I think Jesus had blonde hair and a perm. And it, it was it was awful. Um, but I remember just it, it hit home. I remember praying to ask Jesus to be my savior and just having a sense of peace at night. And I remember having a sense of peace because we used to have holes in the screens and the windows and hornets would fly into the room at night and I would sleep under my covers. And so that night I remember not being afraid and just sleeping my head above the covers. It might sound silly, but that that's what I remember. Yeah, as a child. Yeah. Well, what, you know, childhood memories are one thing, but when you grow up and you begin to be what it is that the Lord Jesus has called you and trained you to be, um, there are happy days. What are some of your most happy days, Daniel? Wow. You know, um, of course. I mean, as a young person. As a young person. When I was younger or right today? Well, either one. I'm trying Just to, some of them. You I don't get your life and tell me. You know, I had such amazing memories at the boarding school I went to. It was called Shifu School. And it was named after a town in China where the original one was. And we just... And we had a blast. The amount of trust and freedom that was given to us was just crazy. We would be allowed to ride our bikes miles and miles away with a friend and be trusted to come back, you know, later that afternoon. We'd go on all sorts of adventures. And it was just it was brilliant. I mean, we would have these autumn wars, we build forts and have battles with <laughs> bows and arrows and, and bamboo arrows, you oh know. We'd gosh. cut mazes in the bamboo uh fields and stuff. It was it was so when I think about the experiences I had growing up there just seems so unreal. Uh, it was so far out so there. So different from what your children are growing oh, up. Oh, absolutely. I'm growing. I mean, my kids are growing up in suburbia. So their adventures are, you know, my daughter, Hanalei, she loves to go on adventures with daddy. And so. How old is she? She's two and a half. Two and a half. And she is rambunctious, full of energy, and just this amazing creative spirit. I'd say things that make me feel happy is when I see the things she makes out of Legos. Oh, really? And she plays with Duplos, but she plays with, like, the stuff that's for seven-year-olds, and she makes spaceships because she saw Daddy make spaceships. And that that just warms my heart. I feel like you wouldn't how believe. How did you meet Brooke? Brooke and I both met teaching at a Christian school here in Austin. Okay. And we were – she was teaching pre-K and um, running the high school guidance program. And at the time, I was I was a bus driver. I hadn't got a teaching job there yet, and I didn't feel like I could ask her out. I was like, oh, she's a teacher. She's a whole other level, and I'm, I'm a bus driver. And so next year I was a teacher, and I finally asked her out. And oh. her, I asked her if she wanted to go out for coffee, and she, her first response, I'm not lying, her first response was, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just crashing and burning here. So, Why was she thinking? She, she was nervous? No. She said, I think I have strep throat. Uh-oh, I, I was see. like, oh, you actually think you're actually sick. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe she's just making this up because she didn't want to go out yeah. with me. But I called her the next day, and she said, yeah, I went to the doctor. I have strep throat. And we oh. talked for three hours on the phone, and a week later, we actually went out and had coffee. You know, it's exciting when I think of how uh, God develops in us uh, a sensitivity to the person he's choosing for us. And, and I, Brooke's a lovely lady. I, I don't know her well, but. She's she's a beautiful lady, and I know you've got a really special family. We we need to take our break. Um, I want to when we come back. I want to ask you some questions about blessing. 
Absolutely. And the joyful life right after this. Stay with us. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Ellen Davidson and her special guest, Reverend Daniel McGintry. Love talking today about joy and living in a blessed life. Well, back. welcome back to Love Talk. We we are in studio today with a really special young man, uh, Daniel McGinty. And, Dan, we've been talking about what it is to be blessed in life. And, and you've got such a blessed family. And you've, you growing up in a missionary's home, uh, it's just God's rubber stamp for blessing, and, and uh, we just really want to transmit some of that today. Uh, you know, it's so easy for us to forget how blessed we are. It is. It really is easy to forget. How do you see that today? Dan? You know, I think one of the big things is we're just so busy. We don't ever stop to pause. We don't reflect. And when I was doing youth ministry, one of the big things I'd always have my students do was I would give them time just to reflect, just to sit still and to listen and to really think through what God's doing, to think through what their emotions have been telling them. Because our emotions are a good view into what we're dealing with spiritually. You know, if we're angry, why are we angry? You know, if I'm sad, why am I sad? And it cues us into what we're doing and what we're struggling with. And I think the same thing goes for reflecting on our our blessings. We don't realize how blessed we are. So don't ever stop to think. We're too distracted. We want to, you know, my phone 
goes off all the time. Like, hey, someone posted on Facebook. And I try to turn off a lot of those notifications because I want to go to the phone when I want to, not when it, it tells me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm, you know, I get worse and worse at that. Uh, and so we, we're constantly distracted. In fact, young people's brains say young people. Uh, you just called me young, which I love you for. Thank you. Um, I just turned 34 this past weekend. So Really? I you know, knew you had a birthday, but I, I, didn't yeah. know how, I didn't know how old you were. No, I, I just turned 34. And so um, still feeling young. And when you're in youth ministry, you feel a lot older because, uh, yeah. in fact, when I was in youth ministry, I was told, you're old for a youth pastor. I'm like, really? really? I don't think so. Anyway, but uh, I think we're just too busy. We're too distracted. But I think a lot of it is we forget to compare down. And what I mean by that is we forget to look at those who have less than us. We tend to always compare up. We tend to look at what we don't have. We tend to say, oh, they have the nicer house, or man, they've got granite countertops. Man, I want granite countertops. Or they've got, you know, the two beautiful children, and I've only got one. Or, you know, he's got a better salary than I do, and this is what my salary is. And you forget, man, how good do we have it here in this country? And just to be able to have a job and to provide for your family, to have a home, basic necessities are all there. I mean, it's hard for me to speak from a place of growing up impoverished because I certainly didn't. I grew up in Japan, which is (laughs) not a whole lot different than us in terms of uh, just living standards and that kind of thing. But we were poor. You know, there were some weeks where we didn't know where our support was going to come from. All right, this week it's bananas and bread. You know, and we had to really make do with what we had, but we were we were grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have much, but we were really appreciated what we had. You know, one of the things that, and I think that's a really important principle. Uh, we don't realize that we have angels charge over us mm. to help us uh, do some things, uh, but how God has a plan. The Lord has a plan. Uh, this week, as I was going to come into the studio, uh, I was on 183, and my son, my youngest son, Danny, pulled up, pulled up beside me in his pickup truck. And he put his blinker lights on, and he pulled over in front of me and pulled mm-hmm. off. And I, I got off and followed him. <laughs> and he said to me, Mother, you have a flat. You are driving on a flat. Wow. And, you know, we don't think about what it is that God's got planned for us in the earth blessing. Now, that was a big blessing. In fact, he said to the, we right, went right on to the, you know, tire store there on 183. He told that guy, he said, you don't know who this lady is. He said, she's got a big job going on today and she needs to get there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my son, Danny. But, you know, we don't know really what our true blessings are sometimes. And, you know, it's, we, we, we just forget because we don't know uh, how to count. No. We don't know how to count, and I think a lot of times we don't realize how much we've received. In other words, we don't know where things are coming from. You know, we don't realize how blessed because we don't realize someone's giving these things to us. You know, I didn't – you know, C.S. Lewis, he said said that to be proud of your faith is like being proud of the color of your hair. You know, the faith that I have was given to me. And, yeah, I chose, but God has chosen me too. And all that I am able to do, it comes from him. And people say, well, I earned that money. Well, how would you earn that money? Did you put that brain in there? No. Did you give yourself those hands? No. Did you give yourself those feet? No. Everything I have is from God. And it's a gift. It really is. It absolutely is. And, you know, it bothers us when people take advantage of 
of us and of of, of our blessings. Mm. But you know, you just do it anyway. You, yeah. You just keep blessing. So, Absolutely. Well, let's let's think about um, is it possible to bless the Lord on my soul uh, in a way that. It's probably really uh, interesting to most people in the musical way. Well, you know, there's that song, um, a great song. I love it, 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman. And I believe he's the one that wrote the song. I know a lot of other people have covered it. But, you know, the main line in this, bless the Lord, O my soul. And when we think about that, we have to really ponder for a second because we think, okay, how can I actually bless the Lord with my soul? You know, how can I bless the Lord? Because the bless somebody denotes helping somebody, mm-hmm. giving them something that they could not do themselves. And God is self-sustaining. He is, he is all that he needs to be and ever will be. He doesn't need anything from us. Uh, we can't help him in the least bit, not if we even try it our hardest. There's nothing we can do for God. Uh, so when we think about blessing the Lord, it's not so much that we're helping him, but it's more about expressing that he helps us. He is the blesser. You know, when we say bless the Lord, we're, it's like saying, you know, let's magnify God or exalt his name. We can't exalt his name any higher than it already is. We can't magnify him any more than it already is. He's the ultimate authority. But when we say that, it's expressing gratitude for who he is. And the English language is just sort of weird in that way, where we can use blessing somebody in several different forms. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, that's what it is. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the connection uh, now, I mentioned the angels. You know, we have an angel guard over us. The scriptures very definitely say that. Uh, let's talk about receiving blessing Christ and being a channel of his blessing or grace and his mercy and goodness and kindness. Because, you know, he says every morning you put out a bucket at the front door and I will fill it mm. with goodness and mercy. And we get plenty of that. We do. We really do. Uh, being a channel is really kind of fascinating because it really makes me think, when I was uh, doing youth ministry, when I was trying to think of a name for a youth group, I called, I came up with the name Pipeline um, because it kind of makes sense with the community that we're in. And I wanted, because I wanted to communicate this idea that we are channels of God's grace and truth. You know, as Christians, we're not supposed to be reservoirs. We're not supposed to be um, lakes. We're supposed to be a channel. We're, we're supposed to enable what God gives us to flow through us freely. The problem is our pride gets in the way. It clogs those, those pipes or our, um, our lack of trust, whatever it might be, our hang-ups, our personal baggage, our, our lack of vision. We don't allow God's grace to channel through us. We don't share the truth that he has given us. Because if we know that Jesus Christ has died for us and we're living that out, that's a privilege. Not everybody gets to hear that. There are literally millions of people all over the planet. 4.5 billion. Yeah. I mean, millions of people, billions of people. And what's really scary to think about are there are people who have never even heard the name of Jesus. And this gets controversial because people think, well, if someone hasn't heard, how are they held accountable to that? Well, here's the deal. If someone doesn't hear the name of Jesus, we don't like to say it, but it's true. They go to hell. And that's why we have to go. See, the thing is, if we don't go, people don't hear. But if that's not true, then we should never go. We should never tell anybody about Jesus because once we do, they're held accountable to that information. You must choose or don't choose. You must believe or don't believe. And so, you know, 
if people who haven't heard the gospel automatically go to heaven, man, my parents have wasted 30 years of their life in Japan. They should be pitied amongst so many people. They've given up so much to tell people about Jesus. I mean, a good year in a Japanese church is one to two baptisms. That's a good year. If a church does one to two baptisms here, you're looked at as a complete failure. But that's Japanese soil. That's what the harvest looks like. There. That's how difficult it is. You know, uh, if we can think about uh, what we've been blessed with and what other people need, it's more than uh, a responsibility. It's a privilege. It is. To be able to meet some of those needs. And, uh, you know, we, we really do have a call on our life. Daniel, to give away the love of the Lord Jesus and to so live that people can look at us and tell how great he is. Uh, We have a world audience out there that we, you know, we talk about Facebook or we talk about television or radio. Mm. People are looking at us to see how genuine we really are. And it is so true of every age children. You know, your children are watching you. Yes, they are. It's scary. scary. <laughs> and and your young singles and your college students, we have to stop and think. We are like love on parade before mm. a world that's looking for Jesus. And, you know, it is exciting when I think about it. But, you know, to think that there are 4.5 billion people who are living without hope. Now, it's one thing not to have food. Mm. You know, you can go a day or two without food, but to live a lifetime without hope is, and and coming to know the love of the Lord Jesus, um, what is it we really are called to do in that regard? What is it that motivates you every morning when you get up? What motivates me? Man, you know, to be honest, sometimes my motivation is I I need to get to work. I need to be faithful when I do, but when my passion is there... When I'm really connected to who Jesus is and that relationship is there and I'm I'm my prayer life is healthy and my time in scripture is healthy, what motivates me is other people falling in love with Jesus. Yeah. Because I know the more I fall in love with Jesus well and let me back that up. The more I get to know Jesus, mm-hmm. the more I fall in love with him. The more I fall in love with him, the more I'm gonna want to tell people about him. You know, and then the more I tell people about him, the more that people are going to fall in love with Jesus, too. And it's this Jesus progressive, this idea that the more and people try to make evangelism like this thing, like I'm going to witness today. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to at the water cooler. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to corner Joe and give him the gospel, you know, (laughs) or corner my daddy. Yeah. What I did 32 years. Yeah. It's just we don't need to formalize it as much. If you really love Jesus. If you love anything, it's going to come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And if we really love Jesus, it's going to come out of you. I mean, Apple, the company that makes all these amazing products, has on their team, has on their company an evangelism team. That's what it's called. Apple makes all the iPhones, iMacs, also. They have an evangelism team, and they sit around and think of how can we get people who buy our products to sell our products for free? 
So when you buy a iPhone or an iMac, you get that sticker. And anyone who's a Mac user is always evangelizing about how great Macs are. Oh, dude, I got a Mac. You should get one, too. It's so great. Or, I mean, I got the latest iPhone 6S. Oh, it's so awesome. Look what it can do. People evangelize about their phones yeah. when they do Jesus. And I don't mean that to be sort of this guilt trip, but we evangelize about what we're passionate about. That's living joy is what it is. It is. It just, it'll come out. It's time for us to take our break. Let's do that. And when we come back, I want us to talk about what is it we can give away during this season of Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. right after this. This is Evelyn from Love Talk inviting you to join us at the bridge in shipping God's love in a shoebox around the world. Operation Christmas Child has delivered shoeboxes filled with love to more than 124 million children. You can share the good news of Jesus by packing gift-filled shoeboxes. For information, call Lawana at 512-990-2600 or The Bridge at 512-349-5899. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca, and they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith, 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Ellen Davidson and her special guest, Reverend Daniel McGintry. Love talking today about joy and living in a blessed life. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in the studio today with a good friend, Daniel McGinty. And um, he is so exciting. I'm just bursting with joy today that's what we're talking about uh, uh, daniel is joy and you know it's not that way for everybody uh, i looked up some billy graham statistics this week and um, it says that 22 million people american ages 12 and older abuse or addicted to drugs and alcohol mm. how do you see that with young people today in singles well, you know, to be honest, um, a lot of our ministry, yeah, so the singles ministry of the church, are people who kind of grown up in the church. Oh, okay. Um, but we, everybody comes from different backgrounds and hear the stories of what they wrestled with and what they struggled with. That's what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily what you see, but what, yeah. And a lot of it's going on behind the scenes. Um, and what's really cool is that one of my Sunday school leaders, uh, Colin, I'm just going to give him a shout out because he's just okay. an awesome guy. He he really wrestled. Before he's a believer, he just was in all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't until, and he's very open about his testimony, and I'm sure he would be very cool to, that this testimony could affect other people. But he said, you know, I just didn't realize 
just what was there. And I didn't understand why it mattered. And it took something very kind of traumatic to wake him up and say, you've got to look into this deeper. And he's, when he started reading the Bible and exploring it, he became a believer. And he's just, he's so on fire. And he just, he can't think of anything more he wants to do than to share the gospel with people. And it's just, I love getting to sit with him every week and just see about what he's passionate about and what God, God is doing in his life. Um, because for me, I've grown up as a Christian since I was five. And so to be, get to know somebody who's become a Christian in a, as an adult and see where they're at, it just, it's so challenging to me. Mm-hmm. And it really encourages me. And so our culture is tough. We have so many problems, but it's not unique to our country. Every country has these problems. When I was in Japan, we, I mean, high school girls would prostitute themselves, not because they needed the money. And they would prostitute themselves so they could just get the latest phone or buy the latest fashions. It was just mm-hmm. sex was treated so cheaply. Mm-hmm. And it was just heartbreaking. And um, youth culture everywhere is is hard. It's difficult because the choices they have to make are um, are just so easily accessible. Well, you know, Billy Graham says that there are seri- there um, things said 21 million Americans struggle with depression, and 39,000 commit suicide every year. A couple of years ago, we had Nick Boachese come to Austin. Mm. Nick is a young man that has no hands, no feet. I mean, no legs, no. And he is a mighty warrior for the Lord Jesus. Hmm. He talked about when he was nine years old, he tried to drown, it, drown himself in the bathtub. Wow. We took him to five schools, and one of them was a Christian high school. Hmm. And he asked that audience, how many of you have talked, thought, or talked about committing suicide? And do you know, out of that Christian school, the rate was higher than it was in the public high school in Wow, I don't, I don't doubt it. I mean, I taught at a Christian school, and we had. It's interesting when people bring their students, their kids, to a Christian school. They kind of naively think, "Oh, there's no sin here. <laughs> you know? oh. Like, oh, there's no problem." So, what you have drug problems at a Christian school? Uh, yeah, because we have sin here. We have the same problems here, but we deal with them in a way. That is honoring to Christ. We are able to help them. We're able to counsel them. We're able to walk them through this and mentor them and disciple them through these issues. But it just, you know, I always, I did a seminar once for our teachers when I was teaching, and I called it the the umbrella. You know, if you go to a church or you go to a Christian school, we can't bubble you from the world. Mm-hmm. We can't protect you from it, but we can show it to you in a way that it's almost like um, an inoculation. So when you get a vaccine, you're given a form of the virus that's been uh, sort of, they've taken the bad parts out. Let's put it that way. And, but your, your body learns to recognize this is destructive and it learns how to fight it. And so as a pastor, when I'm, you know, teaching Sunday school classes or when I was a youth pastor, or when I was teaching, I want to present the issues as they are. These, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. This is the problem, and this is what you're going to face. Here's how you can fight it. We can't protect you and shield you from these things, but we can tell you, we can expose them for what they are. We don't want you drowning in it. That's why it's an umbrella. Yeah. We want to protect you, but we still need to expose you to it in a way that's going to be helpful 
and not harmful. And the problem is these students go to these public schools where they're drowning in it. Mm-hmm. They're drowning in oppression for being a believer and getting hammered every day like, hey, evolution is this thing. And being told you're stupid for believing that, that someone might have created the universe. And it's just, it's hard. Well, it is hard for young people, but it's hard for parents as well. Absolutely. Because everybody is busy. Yep. Everybody's got basically more to do than they can get. And you find very few people today that have a lot of leisure time. But, you know, when you look at it, Daniel, um, uh, Franklin said there are 40 million people in the U.S. who feel trapped or crippled by fear and live as prisoners of their own anxiety. You know, you look mm-hmm. at that, that's basically across the board. Well, you're talking about young teenagers. Yeah. Or you're talking about midlife people that are going through a crisis. Mm-hmm. Or you're talking about people that are 75 years old that don't have anyone left to love them. Yeah. That's one of the saddest times in life is when you get to the point that there's nobody left to love you. Mm. And and it's that's just part of life. But the thing is, is the Lord has a plan. He does. And Jeremiah twenty eleven tells us. He says, I know what it is. Mm. And it's for good. Yeah. And that verse had such, they needed to hear that bad. Because up until that point, Jeremiah had been telling them, we're going to be destroyed. We're going to be destroyed. You deserve this. You deserve this. And your sin has got to stop. And God said, this city will be destroyed. You'll be carried off. And at some point... Jeremiah sort of switches gears, and it becomes the book of comfort. And he starts saying, listen, yes. after this destruction, there will be a time where you'll prosper. You'll come back to the land. I have plans to prosper you. But before we get to that, it's going to be pretty rough. And I think we forget that. A lot of times we forget that God may have a blessing right around the corner when we're in the deepest valley. Well, you know, we are in that in America today. If you look at the whole of America, and that's what you know Franklin Graham is talking about here. Mm. They've done this survey of Americans, we are in a time when we have got to go back to the fundamentals. Yeah. In our education, in government, uh, we've gotten so far from what it is that God can bless. Mm. And see, that's what happened to Israel. They they took everything that was pure and holy and turned it into. Uh, convenience or whatever, sin. Yeah. And God said, okay, that's what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. He even said to Ezekiel one day, Ezekiel went to God just complaining like crazy. Mm-hmm. And God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, there's going to come a day when I'm going to take out their cold, stony heart and put in a brand new heart. Mm, I love that reference. Uh-huh. In fact, with Ezekiel, there was another reference that was really sobering. So God tells him, and he tells the Israelites this, listen, Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And everybody who passes by the ruins, and this is different, in different translations say this differently, yeah. but everybody who passes by the ruins of the temple and and the city of Jerusalem, it'll be a monument to the, their stupidity. Yes. A and monument the to their stupidity. that just breaks your heart. They had everything, yes. right? And they, they lost it all. Yeah. Just gave it away. But you know, when we look at America today, uh, our hope is in Jesus Christ. And we're next year in 2016, we're coming up with um, Franklin Graham, and we've been talking about that for, for several weeks now. Yes. Uh, is going to go to every state capital in the nation. Wow. 
and it's going to call the preachers out of the pulpit, hmm. people out of the pew, to the public place in repentance hmm. and, and blessing God. And we, we will get our date in January okay. for that. And we're praying. Ours is going to be at the Capitol. Wow. And we are praying for 100,000 people to come to Austin. That would be amazing. You know, they had the Million Man, the million man March uh, with Promise Keepers in Washington, D.C. We can do it here. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, that is our hope. Our hope is that we, God would provide us leadership that would help mm-hmm. us come to a better understanding of what it is that God looks for to bless the nation. To bless the nation. So. I think it's time for our break. Let's do that, uh, Gavin. And when we come back, we want to talk about what it is that God gives us to bless us right after this. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? thinkmarketingtexas.com. ThinkMarketingTexas.com Stay tuned for Love Talk with Ellen Davidson and her special guest, Reverend Daniel McGintry. Love talking today about joy and living in a blessed life. 
Thank you, Gavin. We are in the studio today with uh, Daniel McGinty, and he is the college and uh, senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Pflugerville. And we just heard Dr. Steve Washburn inviting people to come to church. Give us the number. Give us your number? Oh, for yeah. church, yes. Yeah. It's 512-251-3052. Okay. You know, it is exciting when we think about what God's doing today. We, the churches are growing. They Everywhere they're growing. And, we, you know, we think because America's uh, decline has come in Christian worship, mm-hmm. people are hiding out, uh, that it's that way around the world, but it's not. The world is absolutely turning with the good news of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that is so exciting to me. I, when we moved to Austin 45 years ago, one of the first things that, that I got involved in was a program at University of Texas called Friendship. Hmm. And it was we were getting lots and lots of wives from Japan and China. Hmm. That was, you know, when China began to let students come to America. Right. And our goal was to teach the student wives English, hmm. teach them how to go to the grocery store, uh, how to catch a bus, all those things that you, your mom and dad probably had to learn in Japan. Yep, they did. And we, I began to see how big God's world for love really is during that time. Yeah. And I, I did that program for 25 years, and we saw hundreds. We were... My bed Shotwell and I wrote a Bible study. For, we called it Vacation Bible School. Hmm. And we invited those that wanted to come for three days to, and we showed the Jesus film. Cool. You know, I look back and I see a lot of happy days in my life, uh, Daniel. It, hmm. I, I, you know, I prayed for my father 35 years before he came to know the Lord. Wow. He was in World War II. Um, he was not a Christian. And when he came home, I told him, I said, Papa, you've got to get saved. Mm. And he said, we'll never talk about that in this house. Mm. You never start to mention that again. But some really exciting things began to happen. And later, when he was 70 years old, he he came. Uh, we went home one weekend for a football game. And we were sitting in front of the fireplace. They had a beautiful farm. We had a big ranch over there. And mm. and. Uh, he said, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. He said, how do you know when you die you're going to go to heaven? <laughs> and I can tell you, Daniel, for years I planned what I was going to say to him and what he was going to say to me. But he that came about because that year on Mother's Day I had a hemorrhage. lasted mm. three weeks and they pumped blood into my feet. Mm. And my daddy and mom came to help us with Danny, our youngest son. And all I could do was pray and and sing a little bit and whisper. Mm. And God fed his spirit. We don't know what God's doing. We really don't. We just But he is working, right? He is working. He really is. You know, it's been such a privilege to be able to work. I say work as if it's some just a job, but it's being a pastor is more than that. But at the same time, my job isn't really any different than someone who works at Dell or you know, works in a any kind of industry that yeah, I can think of because when you're there working, you're the light of Christ. You can pastor to people. You can minister to people. You can be that hope that other people need to see. And I do it in a church. And 
it's uh I've worked at a couple churches before with good people and um coming to First Baptist Pflugerville was was hope for us because Austin was home and we were up in uh Fort Worth area and things were good but we wanted to be near family mm-hmm. and we just didn't feel like things were really clicking that great where we were at and we just we wanted to be back home and when we got called by First Baptist Pflugerville to come down it was just this Oh, okay, God. You this know, is heaven, huh? this is not heaven, but you know, this is. You this know, is, I felt like I belonged the instant I stepped through those I doors. Know. I really did. And you know, everybody belongs in sort of different contexts. Every church has its own flavor and different sort of ways of doing things. But it's just, it's been so such a blessing to get to serve there. And um, it was what was cool, really cool, is that we had good friends there. And so my wife went to Southwestern. Um, seminary with her best friend melody and her husband is a youth pastor matt downing at first baptist Lugerville. and so you know we still just boggled that we both now live in the same neighborhood a couple blocks away from each other and you know brooks like which is my wife she says i just can't believe i'm living two blocks away from my best friend i went to seminary with 10 years ago yeah and my husband works with her husband at the same church. <laughs> so, you know, it is. God has a plan. He does. You know. You know. Do you remember how we met? I'm trying to remember. I think it was actually a couple summers ago when I was actually in between youth ministry jobs, and we talked. It was in July. Yep. We had class, which is Christian leaders and speakers seminars at mm. First Baptist Church, and you and Matt. In that day, we had Popeye chicken. <laughs> I and, remember. And Matt came in and said, Evelyn, because uh, we'd sent a note over to the office, you know, we mm-hmm. had plenty of chicken. He said, I want you to meet a good friend. And said, this is good friend of my wife's it's good friend. Yeah. So, you know, he got right into it. So, But, you know, that's what love is. That's mm. what joy is. When we come to that point where we begin to see how God puts it all together. Right. He puts it all together. And to be honest, before we came here, we, you know, I worked at a couple churches and good with good people and good, uh, good pastors. Mm-hmm. But it, to say that it was easy, um, it was difficult. We had to endure some pretty difficult things and very heartbreaking things um, before God could kind of reveal what he was doing um, to reveal where he was taking us. It kind of felt a lot like Joseph where, you know, some horrible things happened and just difficult things. You just kind of go, God, what are you doing? What are you doing here? And then finally, when God reveals why he had to do those things to get you to where you need to be, you just kind of go, thank you. Yeah. You know, because at the time it didn't feel like a blessing. It really didn't. And, but when it all sort of, sort of makes sense, you kind of go, okay, God, I would go through it again if this is where you need me to be. You know, when you look at God's overall plan, he says it's, it is a plan for good. But we go through the trouble because sin brings, trouble brings sin. Mm-hmm. When we when we get out there in that never land and we begin to live like the world, then the Lord is not honored by that. And there is that correction period. But, you know, when you, when you think about what it is that I can do in the morning when I get up, when I go to bed at night, to really make a difference, not only in the life I have mm. because of the worship and the joy that I give the Lord Jesus, but what I can do to help others. 
And I want to talk a little bit about some principles and promises. The first one is to pray and listen to him. A personal time with him gives us joy and hope. Absolutely. How important is that to a pastor? It's when we forget to do that, and pastors do forget to do that, and I'll be honest, sometimes I get caught up in the busyness. I can't minister to people the way I need to. When I was in college, there was a little devotional that I would see every day on the back of a door, and there was a line that always stuck out, stood out to me, and it said, Have you been with Jesus today? Can they tell? Can they tell? And if I'm not spending time with Jesus, you know, I'm just a, I'm a dry pipe because nothing's coming down. You know, I, if I'm going to be giving Jesus to other people, I'm going to be living him out incarnationally and being him to others, then I've got to be tapping into the source. And it doesn't matter how good I am at preaching or how good I, I do the latest graphic or how good I do all those things. Man, people could tell if you're not connected to the vine. It's an attitude of gratitude. It's like yes. that stream comes forth and you give it back. Well, you know, one or the other is that we seek God's answers and we study the life and the changes Jesus made, not only in our life, but in the lives of others. And that's why your ministry is so important, uh, mm. Daniel, with these young people, you know, career people that are just starting to make those big M's of life. And yeah. I, I want us to talk about what it is that is required to become a Christian. Can you a, tell me simply? What well, is I it? sure hope so. What? No. Uh, 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 no. I, man, to become a Christian, it, people like to complicate it, but it really, it's really simple. And it's really simple. You've got to know what the gospel is. You've got to know what the good news is. The good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And that's a historical fact. It is Every truth that God gives us is rooted in history. He did something to reveal who he is. And you've got to first, and we like to use acronyms in churches, so I'm going to use the ABC. Uh-huh. And the A is you've got to admit that you're a sinner. If Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you've got to admit that you need that. You've got to admit that I don't have it together. I cannot be good enough. I need Jesus' death to cover what I've done. I am a sinner. I need him. The second one is B for believe. We've got to believe. We've got to trust it's not just a blind trust. The word that gets used in the Greek for having faith means to be fully convinced. Are you fully convinced that you can trust Jesus with everything you have, everything you are, that you believe in him? And then the last one is C. You must confess him as Lord. You must say, all right, I'm no longer in charge. I'm going to follow you. You are the boss. I'm trusting that you're going to lead me to where I need to go, and I'm going to obey you and only you. You know, they... They can do that right now. Absolutely. Uh, Daniel, wherever you are, is just come to that point where you say, okay, God, I'm yours. Mm. Uh, give us again the directions, how to get to Pflugerville, and how to call you. Just follow the North Star and three stars to the right. No, that's never land. Uh, no, <laughs> you to get to Pflugerville, if you're going north on I-35, I believe you exit... 1825. 1825, follow that road for a while, and you look for the big steeple. You can see it for several miles away or right there. If you're coming south on, on 35, you can exit the same place, too. Um, but we would love to get to know you. First Baptist Pflugerville is just real people. It is. And 
My husband says the only place we're going from there is heaven. So there you we'll go. See. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting up a trip for tonight. Uh, we do want to tell you that if you have some questions for us, you can call us on the love line, 512-249-6535. Or there is a new website with Vita Graham that we're using, and it's called Jesus.net. Jesus.net. If you've got questions, or there's, there's one that we use at our church, uh, Daniel, that um, I can't think of. I'll handle I have to tell you next week. <laughs> <laughs> tune in next time. Yeah, tune in next time. But anyway, uh, it is Jesus.net, um, and there are about mm, 20 different languages that they um, uh, answer things and give give instructions for. And because we are international ministry, cool. uh, we want people to know that. But we just pray that you will have a wonderful weekend, that you not only will recognize that you are blessed, but that you'll get up every morning and go out your door to bless others, because that's what the Lord Jesus does for us. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week for Love Talk.